Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm Danny V, podcast host and children's author. I also do some work in publishing in acquisitions and publicity. As we hurdle towards one million plays, we'll continue to provide you with the conversational, vulnerable, honest and fun chats with your favourite authors across all genres. Check out our takeover episodes, usually released on a Friday, and our spin-offs released during the month. Thank you for being here, being part of the journey, and supporting Aussie creatives. Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. Today, I welcome an amazing human, a great debate team member, and an author-illustrator of the awesome Squidge Dibley series and the Turners. Today, we're going to chat about his debut picture book, Dads and Dogs. Welcome none other than Mick Elliott. Thank you so much for having me, Denny V. Lovely to have you. Last time we saw each other, we were debating hard. Um, against the likes of those illustrators, even though you are also an illustrator. <laughs> You're an author that night. I, I was very conflicted. It was an event for the CBCA, mm. uh, one of the New South Wales branches that we love. And, uh, yeah, together uh, we uh, collectively, along with uh, wonderful Nathan Luff, managed to convince the audience uh, there that words are, in fact, better than pictures. But I'm, <laughs> I'm conflicted. I was conflicted on the night. I'm conflicted now with a brand new picture book out. I feel like a traitor. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> even though I can't draw anything, I think they're just as important, but I would not have said that on the night because I just wanted to win. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Now, debut picture book. You know how I feel about picture books, Mick. They're magical and we they're amazing and we love them. Give me an elevator pitch for dads and dogs. Well, Dads and Dogs is a celebration of all the different types of dads and dogs in the world. It's a book which is very, very personal to me, came very much out of being a dad myself and really feeling like I somehow wasn't conforming to what I thought was an ideal of being a dad. Um, and over a period of almost two decades now, goodness me, realizing that actually there is no singular definition of what a dad is or what a dad could be. And I thought maybe, just maybe I can turn that into a joyous picture book mm. for new dads to read to their kids I love or that. anyone. And it kids. is joyous. It's absolutely joyous. But I just want to go back to what you <laughs> said about you didn't think you fit into that stereotypical dad. So describe who you are as a dad and why you didn't think that fit in. Yeah, so I'm 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 the I'm lucky enough to be the father of two wonderful wonderful kids, uh, my young son and my daughter, who's doing an amazing job, uh, wrangling her way through uh, through her final year of school right now, and um, you know over the years, really from the very beginning, you know you you go into parenthood, and yes, you read all the books, and you have an enormous amount of discussions with your partner. And you do everything that you can to go into it with your eyes open. But really, um, what what we've discovered um, as parents is that parenthood is really about the minute little moments. It's about the minute moments that nobody sees where you are up at three in the morning or when you're just trying to get out the door to work and um, you're trying to find that lost sock or there's some you know big emotional moment um, for your kids and you're trying to be the right person for your for them and not lose your temper and have every, you know, have the exact lunch that they want and all those things. Um, but always feeling, certainly from my perspective, that you're not quite getting the perfect scorecard. Um, so I think a lot of parenting is actually being 
fair to yourself and realizing that there is no perfect scorecard. It's actually about embracing the fact that parenthood and certainly fatherhood is chaos. It's mm, chaos. It is. And it's you messy just gotta and... you just gotta love them. You gotta mm, love absolutely. them and absolutely. do the best you can. And I think you know, if we never get the perfect scorecard. I think we go into parenting. Well, I certainly did thinking I was definitely going to get one. I have not. <laughs> um, and it's not bad to have those idealisms, but you can then be really hard on yourself. And yeah. I know, you know, I am still every day, but I, I don't think it's yes. a bad thing completely because you do then reflect on, okay, I need to be more patient and all of this. But I think it's it's difficult because kids don't understand time, right? That's right. So I've got younger <laughs> kids than you and they don't understand time. So when I have to get to work or I've got a meeting and I'm just seeing them like leisurely look for their shoes, yes. like, okay, how do I keep calm here, Mick? <laughs> That's right. It's it's so hard. It, it is really, really so hard. So really what, what, I, what I tried to do with Dads and Dogs is just to capture those moments. You know, it's a, mm. it's a very, it's a book which... Um, it's meant to be funny. It is funny. It's meant to be enjoyable to read. It's got something on every single illustration that's a funny little moment. But it is also meant to be a little bit of a microscope into the, you know, into the world of parenting. You know, mm. that you are sometimes tripping over the washing as the toddler is on the floor, or <laughs> you're getting splashed with mud, or you're having a bucket of water poured on your head, or whatever it might be. Um, so I really tried to take that and um be and, and obviously the other big element of, as well, which um you know the the, the start of writing the book and coming up with it coincided with um, my wife and I finally giving into our kids' uh, long-term campaign to get a dog, <laughs> uh, which I had never had a dog in my life. We were cat people. My mum was a massive cat lady, um, so we had never had a dog. And um, you know that really is like having another toddler in the house mm-hmm. um, for a oh, time. Um, I know, Mick. I've just got yeah. a dog as well. Well, you have a, a cavoodle. A cavoodle. You? And although it's joyful, oh, my God, if it poos on my carpet one more time, Mick, <laughs> it might be on eBay. <laughs> I understand. And in fact, you know, uh, p- perhaps the inspiration, like the original inspiration for Dads and Dogs as a book, um, you know, I had finished um, the Squidge Dibley series that was that was uh, pretty much done or, or close to being done. And we'd just gotten our brand new dog. And um, it was very, very early on when we had her. And, and it was a massively stormy night outside. And um, I saw that she was about to do her doggy number twos on the one little bit of carpet that we've got in the house. <laughs> I, re- I picked her up ran to the back door, forgetting that our back steps are uh, non-compliant or were non-compliant and covered with, with uh, oh, no. moss, slipped, oh. couldn't break my fall with my arms because I was holding her, oh. cradling her in them, and uh, broke two ribs <gasps> and uh, ended up wow. in, um, in yeah, so um, certainly as I lay there, um, you know, screaming, um, I probably had a moment of clarity and go, well, I've got to use this and hopefully turn <laughs> it into something that can bring a little joy. That is into a the big world. And that's story, where dads and dogs. That's where dads and dogs came from. It's a big story. Now I didn't <laughs> see any dad on this page breaking their ribs, unless I missed it in this. <laughs> I, I, I think there's probably a number of instances because one of, one of the the things I really, uh, I've grown to love about uh, illustration, and I still think of myself as someone that that's learning to illustrate and learning with every book and every drawing. Um, but I really I, I love when there's a, a moment of imminent chaos. So you know, there's a dad who's is uh, in the process of tripping over you know, the pile of you know the pile of uh, toys and things. I on the floor. Found it, busy yeah, dad with is. a basset dog. That's right. So there's, you know, well, there's the dad who's, um, you know, um, having the bucket of water just poured on his head as he's buried in the sand at the beach, and you know, <laughs> Good trick, the, that one. The, the, the dad who's uh, 
jumping up to catch the football, but it got a, a dog flying at the football at the same time. So, um, and, I, and I think all, all that comes from, um, you know, I, I loved things like the Tintin books when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. I love the Peanuts series, um, the, you know, the Charlie Brown series. And, and those those illustrators were so good at just freezing time. Yeah. Was it the, the Far Side? I don't know if everyone remembers the famous yeah, the 80s the series, Far The Far Side. Yep. Very, very good at just capturing the moment right before impact. Uh, and that's certainly <laughs> what I've that's what I've tried to do with dads and dogs. I love it. Now, there are so many. There's such a wide variety of dads, and that's what I liked in here because you would definitely find your dad in here. There's a yoga dad, rainbow dad, bike dad, tattoo dad, singing dad, footy dad, dancing dad. You've got it all. Which one best describes you? That's a really interesting question. And actually, I was giving a school talk yesterday to um, some uh, kindy kids, and they actually asked me the same question. They said, are you any of the dads in there? <laughs> Um, there, there are probably elements of me that I know there's a drawing dad in there. Um, yep, so I see the drawing me. dad. <laughs> um, that, that's that's probably the closest. But um, <laughs> do, do you know the funny thing is that often, and I'm, I think a lot of illustrators do this, is that often you will use your own body pose to get the pose of a character because it's very, it's it's actually really hard to draw characters in action. Mm. Um, and so there are a lot of instances where I would get one of my kids to take a photo of me. You know, <laughs> With being a pancake out of a saucepan or whatever it might have been, <laughs> or fry pan. And, uh, and then I would use that photo as the sort of, as the reference. So in a weird way, a lot of the images actually are based on my own physicality. Oh, even now I'm going to have to go back and oh, read can, it again. You can see. Even though the they're, they're new in... lens. Well, I, I think so. if I had to pick one for my dad, he'd be painting dad because he's on a ladder that's kind of falling over painting the wall because my dad can't sit still. He's always <laughs> fixing something. So, I mean, good for me when he visits because I just give Indeed. him a list of things to fix. So, well, well, well I, I feel like I'm I'm sort of um sitting sitting at the floor of your expertise because of course you <laughs> are the writer of a trio of wonderful books <laughs> about a certain epic dad. So epic I, dad. I feel like I should be getting tips from you, Danny B. <laughs> well, it is not tips, definitely not tips, but it was actually based a little bit on my dad because. He loved sport when he was younger. So I grew up watching every possible water skiing, soccer, you wow. know, he used to play everything. And I also remember being in the emergency room a number of times because my dad would dislocate a shoulder or <laughs> have some sort of knee something or an ankle something. And so one of my early childhood memories was sitting in the waiting room while my dad got his shoulder put back into its, you know, when it's dislocated, back into its yes. socket and screaming. And I obviously yeah. thought that, something really bad was happening. I'm sure that really hurts. And that was one of my childhood memories. So when I, when I was, <laughs> when I was writing this, I'm like, yeah, I think part of that epic dad is my dad. Cause he just goes hard with everything and always does not come out unscathed. <laughs> I, I, I definitely didn't realize when I signed up for parenthood that being a dad was going to involve so much just, um, well, just physical pain and slapstick. <laughs> I mean, not not just you know, not that. just the falling on stairs, and but you know. Oh, I mean, can I say it's it's for mums as well, right? Because yes, I'm, I'm a big '80s roller skater, right? Mm -hmm. Went roll. I actually went roller skating with my dad like most weekends when I was a kid. So I love it. So it took my kids. Like, yes, you've got to learn how to roller skate. So of course, you know, I'm thinking I'm 20 again, and they're like, "Do some tricks, mum. Do some tricks." So I do this trick, Mick, that I could do maybe 25 years mm -hmm. ago, and I do this spin. Nice. What happens is my body spins, my ankle does not. <laughs> so oh boy. I have this third degree sprain where I cannot walk on my foot for three months. <laughs> 
I, I can only hope that we had you in a, um, a highly comedic one of those ski boots. Ski boots. Did you have the ski boot? And well, the problem was, Mick, I'm a little bit stoic. I'm like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Mm. I'll be fine. It was over Christmas and I was away and I was doing this and I was fine, fine, fine until I wasn't fine. And I went to the doctor. He's like, you should have had a boot and you've come to me way too late. The damage is done. The damage, the damage is, is done. done. Yeah. No, do not it, recommend. It, People do not recommend. It is so physical. If there are any... Um, Anyone out there who is uh, imminently going to be uh, becoming a parent for the first, first time, just make sure you've got the health insurance. <laughs> the helmet. Put as much padding around your house as you can um, because, yeah, certainly, uh, you know, as you'll see in, in, uh, in the book, it, it, is, it, is, it takes its physical toll, but it's, it's so joyous. I mean, all, all, all jokes aside, I really, um, yeah, I really did want this book to not only reflect that there is an incredible diversity of dads mm. out there. There are all different types of dads, but just the the, the joy in the little intimate moments of chaos. Yeah, I um, love that. And that there'd be something for every every reader, be they the parent or be they the child listening or reading along to the book, that they would be able to find some little moments of humour and love. Um, and it is a book which is definitely, I know this sounds corny, but it is definitely uh, written with immense heart and with immense love in it. So I'm very, very you can tell that. You can tell that when you read it. You know, you can tell that it's joyous, that it's fun, that there's love behind it. And you kind of can't wait to turn to the next page because like, oh, what dad's going to be next, you know? So I hope so. I hope <laughs> and so. And what dog's going to be next as well. well that's right. As well. <laughs> we've barely, we've barely uh, even scratched the surface, uh, so to speak, of um, of the dogs in there. But um, and that, that was the other thing as well. I was just thinking, what sorts of dogs am I going to put? Yeah, what's book? your favourite dog in here? I, okay, I'm a big fan of the um, the beagle dog that's with the um, with the biker dad. Um, yeah. And I should you know, for for you wonderful listeners that haven't um, haven't seen or experienced book. Basically, each each page <laughs> has alliteration in that there's things like a footy dad with a fluffy dog or a bikey dad with a beagle dog. So there's alliteration throughout the entire book. So each each time I came up with a different dad or sometimes I'd start with a dad and then I'd try to you know, align either the species or the action of the dog. And sometimes I'd start with a dog, um, you know, which is where I got the sausage dog with the skater dad, for example. <laughs> I do, and I do love the, the sausage dog, the little picture of the <laughs> sausage dog who's actually um, straddling two ska separate skateboards uh, and he's extra long. You can't ever go past a sausage dog. They're just the coolest looking dogs, aren't they? They are so cute. And they're quite easy to draw. Again, what I didn't realize, uh, and you know, I just got so so much respect for um, you know, those wonderful illustrators out there, people like you know, wonderful Matt Cosgrove and his incredible pictures of, of llamas and alpacas, mm. is that animals are really hard to draw. <laughs> and then you decided to do really one with hard. every a dog with you know, a page with every dog yes. on every page you decided they're to do. Really hard. <laughs> they're really, really hard. But um but no, I'm really I'm really, really uh, really proud of the uh, all the different dogs that I got in there. And I hope that um kids and parents reading will be able to identify and find not only themselves, but their own dog in there somewhere mm. as well. I do love Scruffy Dog. That's what my dog's looking like yeah. at the moment. Scruffy Dog's Yeah. Well, do, you know, funnily, um, so the, the picture you're describing there is a little, um, basically a cavoodle on a, on a surfboard and very so much. It love. is my dog. It is based on my own, <laughs> based on my own cavoodle. Uh, little little fun fact for your listeners is that Danny V and I both own cavoodles, not the same cavoodle, separate cavoodles. <laughs> we and, don't have uh, shared custody on the cavoodle. No, 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 nothing like that. Um, and they're great. Great. We need to have a play date soon, I think. I think we do. I mean, I, I think I, I worry that maybe my Cavoodle has no personality. <laughs> <laughs> she she kind of, she's really only motivated by food and sleep, but maybe that's all dogs. That's okay. Maybe, they can just sleep and we'll just catch up. Maybe. 
That'll I mean, be the she, easiest play date ever. Perhaps that's it. She she also I think she um she seems I don't know I don't know if I should say this on on your podcast but she seems to have a, a thing against little white poodles. <laughs> And if she sees one, she just, That's it's like, so it's like her incredible Hulk switch. I love this. Just flicks and she just goes from just sniffing and, you know, and then suddenly she's just like, <laughs> and it's really it. embarrassing. I always cross the road when I see a little white poodle. It's fantastic. Well, I've got a little tiny dog who's only two and a half kilos at the moment because oh, he's pretty young. And every time, you know, we haven't been taking him out too much because he needs to get vaccinated, but I've been carrying him out the front and whatever. And every big dog just hates it. Like you see mm. a big dog and you're like, this dog's going to hate you. <laughs> and they just instantly start barking. <laughs> you you realise, um, because in, in spite of the promises that were made that um, the dog would be walked by the younger members of the family, right. uh, I, I pretty much have um, right. 99% <laughs> that task. Um, but you realise there's a whole other world out there. If you haven't mm. been a dog owner, you discover that at 6.30 in the morning, there is this whole community. other tribe, this whole other community of oh, people out there with their dogs in this secret world that happens before everyone oh, else is. I really like that breakfast. because mm, August right. is my dog and he is about to get his final vaccination. Mm. And so, you know, in a couple of weeks, I'll be able to get up early and, and enjoy the secret dog society. It's pretty special. It is pretty special, <laughs> I've got to say. And you find, you know, which cafes are dog friendly. And yes, yes. Yeah. So again, all, all, all of that, you know, I've, I've took inspiration from all of that in the book. <laughs> and there's, there's one picture of a, you know, a dad who's asleep at the coffee table in the cafe as the dog reaches up and tries to steal, you know, his pastry from him as the baby. True to form. True Very to true form. to form. So all, all, all of it went in and all of it's come out on the pages of the book. That's a different medium for you. Like we said, it was your debut picture book and mm. you've done all these beautiful coloured illustrations um, along with, you know, obviously the writing as well. Yes. Tell me about this. Was it what you expected? Was it bigger than you expected? What did you it, learn? Tell me it, about it. Oh, it's so much. And, you know, for, for your listeners who are interested or in the process of, of writing a, a picture book, what I can say, because I came to this um, series. This is the first in a series of three books. Um, off the back of having written, um, you know, a fifty thousand word middle grade trilogy, um, and then a twenty thousand plus two hundred black and white illustration middle grade trilogy, so the Squidge Dibley series. And I think I went into this a little bit naively, thinking, okay, well, picture book. You know, they're usually around about four hundred words, um, and then it's the pictures, and it's thirty two pages. That'll be fine. That'll be a slam dunk. It'll be easy. I'll be done with this in a couple of months. And what a wake up call <laughs> that was. It is so much work. It is so much work because, you know, obviously you want your illustrations to be beautiful and to be great and them to be perfect as well. Um, and it's an incredible amount of work. And I, and I think there is as much work that goes into a single full color illustration as there is into a couple of chapters at least of any, you know, middle grade um, prose based manuscript. Um, it's an incredible amount of work. So uh, from, from go to woe, from when I, I signed up with uh, when wonderful people at Walker books um, signed the, uh, the idea on off the basis of the, uh, the manuscript and some sample pictures is this was essentially three years Um three very long years and a lot of wow, work. Wow, that's massive. Yeah, a lot of work, but but super rewarding. Super yeah. Rewarding. What I was pleased with, you know, I'm a very new author, only been published for a year, I think, um, is that the love and care that the publishers put into a picture book 
was really astounding to me. Like it should have been obvious, but because I'd never done it before, like you said, you know, 250 to 500 words, you know, lots of pictures, but the amount of love, thought, care, time, and magic that goes into them, they really respect the craft of a picture book. And I love that. Were you surprised with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I knew from my first meeting with them that the team at Walker were going to do a beautiful job. Um, and I think also just generally in Australia, um, the publishing industry does produce beautiful picture books. Yeah, we're very, very good in this country. I'd have to it, agree, Mick. Yes. <laughs> across all the publishers. Um <laughs> But yeah, they, they they really do beautiful work because I, I I think we have as you know as as children's book creators uh, and also you know as, as, as the, the, from the publishing side that there is a responsibility to make beautiful beautiful yeah. books for young yeah. kids because that is where the love of reading begins and also as a parent you know that these books are not going to be read once and then not read again um yeah. I know from from my own experience know that you had this experience with your kids that when when young children I'm talking from a very young age um find a picture book they love they want to read it again every night and again every and night. again mm-hmm. so you have a responsibility as a writer and illustrator to make it fantastic but also to make it something that for the parent who is reading it every night for a year or two entertaining or more, yeah but they're gonna love it as well you know I, I worked so hard to make sure that there was a lot going on in this book that parents would be able to identify mm. with and enjoy but also that there was something that the young readers listening to the book being read to them would would be able to latch onto and it's been it's been lovely already that um the people that have read the book and experienced the book um are already saying oh my my son and my daughter she really really loves you know the the hairy dad or really really you know loves you know the the beagle or loves the sausage dog or loves the you know uh you know they, they'll they'll have their special ones so it's, it's <laughs> i love really, that really lovely so. i love all of that and um i love the layers too you know when you see a kid's film and it's also yes. you know you can watch it at different levels so the kids can yes. enjoy it and you can enjoy it and i feel like you know picture books the best picture books do that as well they do, and they and they do it without um, doing a disservice to either end of yeah. the audience. Is the thing, yeah. um, you know? I think that sometimes there's a there's a kind of um, uh, there's, there's, there's almost a temptation to go. I'm just going to you know I'm going to put in a whole lot of parent jokes that will go over the kids' heads, but actually you're doing you know you're doing a disservice yeah. to the to the young reader. So you have to make sure that it is absolutely hitting the mark with the young reader, and but then just add in that extra little layer as well um, that the parents can enjoy as well. And yeah. I think when it's when it's done well, that's why those books do end up resonating and becoming favourites in the hands yeah. of, of parents and young readers. I agree, and I also think because you do read them over and over again, like for me, picture books become these time capsules. You know, I can see a mm. picture book and I can remember the times that I read it to my kids when they were babies or little and you kind of you know you kind of get that nostalgia that oh oh, this book I read a thousand times to my kids yes (laughs) oh that's that's so true and it's funny my my um my kids are you know they're they're sort of older than picture book age now um you know they're 12 and 17 but um you know and and as you have to as a parent you know uh, occasionally my wife and I go okay what are we going to what are we going to send off to the op shop because we need to get some more space? But you know, so inevitably over the years, we you know you do cull some of the books from when when they're younger, the ones that haven't had their corners eaten away. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, there are some which you you know you're happy to send on to the op shop and there or to the local book library, street library. Um, and there are others which you're like, no, we're going to hold on to this one, and yeah. we've probably got two great big tubs full of the ones that our kids loved so much 
that you know hopefully one day might get read to their kids or because <laughs> they're so that. special and picture <laughs> books are just nice to collect even as an adult you know oh. I was an English teacher for 17 years and I used to teach picture books to year 12 as a you know a visual text and I just like picture books as to collect them like if you can yes. see behind me I've got shelves and shelves there are of so many books I'll, I'll describe I just love them <laughs> there are so many I mean your listeners obviously can't see this <laughs> being a sound-based medium, but there is a whole bookshelf behind Danny, just packed, flowing, <laughs> buckling. It's, 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 like it's, it's pushing Ikea art. to the limits. <laughs> it is, it is, pushing my Ikea bookshelf to the limits. But is they like little artworks, you know? Yeah. They're special. They, they, I love, they I love really picture books. Yeah. Yeah, me and too. to become a picture book author was just so amazing because, you know, when you love a medium so much, and like, oh, I can be part of that. So that's really that's cool. That's true. I mean, I, I just I adore your epic dad and extraordinary <laughs> mum books. They're just, they're just so divine and so much heart in there. And it's 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 lovely to be able to, you know, be able to play on the same shelf as, uh, as <laughs> you, Daniel. I know. <laughs> I keep seeing our books together, obviously, coming into Father's Day. Yes. And it doesn't matter how many times I see it, I still have a little squeal. I'm like, oh, look at me, Mick. It's so nice. It's so nice. Uh, yeah, we, after you know, after all those years, to finally see your book out there in the world, and you know, see customers picking it up off the shelf, and um, yeah, get all the lovely feedback from readers. It's just divine. It's really yeah, lovely. Never gets old. Never gets it, old. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. So you know, this is your first picture book, but of course, you've had Squidge Dibley and the Turners. Mm. Does writing get easier for you, Mick? You, you would think it would get easier, um, but I, I and I think. Maybe it does for some authors. I don't know. Maybe it does. But I, I mean, part of the reason I wanted to do a picture book series, and it, it, it is hard as a, as a children's book author. I mean, this is my 10th book that I've had, and it's hard to know where to go next. So I'd, I'd sort of um, created two series that sat broadly in the middle grade uh, realm. And it, and I probably, you know, strategically, if we can use that nasty word, could have gone, okay, I'm going to keep staying in that lane and keep doing that sort of book. And build that audience um but i really wanted to do something different and i wanted to go okay i'm going to try something that i haven't done before and i want to try uh, to see if i can illustrate a picture book and see if i if my drawing style after drawing the squidge dibley books which you know, as i said were just black and white line art um can i do it and so that that was also part of the reason as, as well as having an idea that i just couldn't get out of my head and you know just um cut its claws or paws suck into me i, just couldn't, <laughs> I love couldn't stop thinking about it um yeah so yeah it was really about just going okay what 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 can i do next and um yeah what, what's been really lovely i mean i've just just delivered all the final illustrations for the second book in the series which comes out next year it's called mums and mogs oh uh, i was gonna wonder if yeah, you could tell me yeah, what I can it was. Yeah, very very oh, happy it's exciting. all uh coming come out uh in early 2024 that will um explore all, in a similar sort of way to dads and dogs explore all those wonderful moments oh, of uh I can't of chaos wait. And, and also can't wait really... to try and find you know yourself on the page. It's really <laughs> exciting. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. But and, and I've already already sort of seen that. Um, while it doesn't necessarily get easier, just my my confidence in the process grows a little yeah. bit, and I'm really mm-hmm. really proud. And actually, it does on make the... it easier a little bit, right? When you I, when I you think, think so. oh, I'm not terrible. I can do this. I've done it before. I can probably do it again. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just sort of overcoming those inner voices that we all mm, have. Mm. Um, you know, anyone that does anything creative, we have yeah, that inner right. voice saying, no, you can't, you can't do it. You can't do it. Everyone else can do it, but you can't do it. And actually, <laughs> or why would you do it when that. so many other people have done it before yeah. you, that kind of vibe? Yeah. It's true. So, so, much, <laughs> so much of writing is actually just, you know, putting the mute button on that mm. sort of self-talk and going, no, I believe I can do this and I'm going to keep pushing and keep you know, just going forward and giving it my absolute best shot until I can. And yeah. um, 
as I say, I, mean, I, I could not be more proud of, of Dads and Dogs. I'm so excited about the next books coming out in, in the series next year. And, um, Amazing. And can't, I can't, can't even wait. guess what the third one is, and I bet you can't even tell me. Well, I, look, I, I probably could, but I probably shouldn't. Yeah, um, don't. It, you might get in trouble. It's on a similar theme, I would just say mm, that. So. <laughs> I'm thinking Dads and Dogs, Mums and Mogs. Mug, mm. Mogs, yeah. Mogs, yeah. I'm trying to think. Hmm, I'm gonna, this is going to keep me up at night, Mick. Well, I hope not. But um, let's <laughs> maybe we'll um we'll, we'll set a date for you, Simon. We can, I'll email we can you at three a.m. and go. I've guessed it. I've guessed it. I've got it. it. I've got it. <laughs> Grandmas and goats. Oh, that's an interesting one. I might just there you go. That's that. book four. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, again, I, mean, I know I know I've mentioned the wonderful Matt Cosgrove, but I don't know how he does it with uh, all his wonderful Mac of the Alpaca books and Clever. just uh, so good. But just uh, always yeah. think of a new one. You know, because it's, it's very hard. Because I think we we're talking about he's run out of things that rhyme with Macca. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I certainly found with with just with the alliteration in the Dads and Dogs book that um, I mean, I, I had a long list. Obviously, it's thirty two pages, yeah. but I had probably about sixty different options wow. of all the different yeah. types of dads and dogs. Um, and the same with the Mums and Mogs book as well. Um, and it was a case of sort of culling it down. And at one stage, I did think I think I could easily do a sequel to to Dads and Dogs, just as another Dads and Dogs book, more Dads and Dogs. Maybe <laughs> maybe that'll be book four. Who knows? Um. But yeah, you know, you, you cull it down to the ones that you think are, are going to mm. work for the first book and just see I what happens. That's my favourite part when you're doing the exploration of language. Mm. My favourite part is because I, I, I know rhyme's not always popular, but I love rhyme because I'm an old nerdy English teacher and just getting those lists of words that rhyme yes. and the synonyms and yes. I just, I love that part. <laughs> I think I think you have to love words. As well. I mean, you have to. You have to love playing with them. They have to be like a. And again, I don't mean to sound pretentious, but they have to be like a clay that you use. You yeah, just play totally. with it. And you see what happens, yeah. and that's the fun part. Um, the playing. The fun part. It's when it you is. have to actually get you know get to the structure bit and the make yes. sense bit and is everything happening bit and other characters. That's the hard bit, but the playing bit is so fun because it's right at the beginning. You've got so much hope of what this yes. can be. Um, so before it gets hard, I think it's really important to spend time playing. So very true. And I think, again, to any aspiring writers out there, be they picture book writers, be they adult book writers, be they middle graders, that so much of writing is not just the physical act of sitting down and hitting keys on your keyboard. So much of it is just exploring the ideas, trying to find the story, trying to find the format. I mean, I, I originally had written about three different versions of Dads and Dogs okay. as a storybook, literally yeah, yeah, as a okay. narrative-based storybook. And I just could not find the direction of the story in it, but I kept on coming back to that the theme was. So you knew it was there, right? I knew it was there. Yeah. I knew it was there. You just had to um, find it. I had to find it. And, um, and you know, when I hit upon the idea of it being more of a list type book mm -hmm. um, and actually also just understanding that, that simplicity is actually often the key to it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, when you look at obviously like a classic, like whereas the uh, the Green Sheep, for example, Mem Fox's mm. wonderful instant classic, it's it seems incredibly simple, but I'm sure that she didn't arrive at that simple yeah. repetitive structure without yeah. an incredible amount of exploration. So I think that's yeah. a really important part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. I love the exploration bit and also the thinking bit. Like I know mm. my publisher's like, so how's that manuscript coming? And I'm like, <laughs> trust me, ninety percent of my process is thinking about things and yes. then once it all locks in together then I can write really fast but That's right. thinking is a lot of time spent inside my so own much head of it. <laughs> so much of it isn't it I wish uh, I wish we could bill for that time it would be such <laughs> nine hours thinking today nothing on the page yet yeah nothing so, on the page uh, and no good ideas but wow it's, it'll get there <laughs> but it is pushing through isn't it because I mean I think 
you start riding and in your gut you know that it isn't quite right but you don't know what's wrong with it so you keep going mm. thinking oh this will work but i think you know when it's not right but i almost think you need to write through all of that yes and you just have to keep going and eventually if you keep going i think you get there do you agree i do agree it's it's a case of just writing the worst version yeah um the wrong you know, write, version writing the wrong version writing all those you know what we call vomit drafts in, in <laughs> screenwriting just you're just putting you're just putting sand in the sandpit at this point yeah, and yeah. um and and also not being too precious it's like mm. yes you might have spent a year on it but you've got to be also willing to go okay 95% of that is unusable but look at this little 5% That's i would right. not have got that 5% had i not put that other 95 into yeah, the sand pit. You got, you got to be able to do that. Yeah. And everyone's journey is different as well, which I think yes. is important. So, you know, it's, it's easy to get bogged down in, Oh my God, this person, you know, has so many, so much more success or whatever than you. But I think if you're just happy for everyone and, and running your own race, it makes this industry a lot easier, I think. Oh, that's, that's so true. And I'm, I'm so, it's so um, lovely to hear you say that because I think, um, it can, especially when you're just starting out in the industry, maybe you've just had your first book published. It's very, very easy to look at other authors' success and think that somehow that there's a finite pie and, <laughs> oh, they, oh, no, they've taken up half of the pieces of the pies. So therefore, <laughs> it's not like that at all. There are infinite pies. Yeah. There are there's many, room many for pies. everybody. There's room That's for everybody. Right. I find the same with podcasts. Yes. I love it when new podcasts come out, new bookish podcasts. I never think that, oh, you know, oh, no, no not no. another one. I think it's great because there's room for all of us because sometimes right. you just feel like reading or listening to something a bit different and that's cool. Well, we will always listen first and foremost to Words <laughs> and Nerds, don't we? Let's not put too fine a point on it. It is the number one literary podcast. Not just yeah. in this country, I think in the world. And now <laughs> you've just created my new intro. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, that's anyway. fine. I'll take I it. appreciate that. You know, Mick, we're nearly at a million plays. A million, really. That is amazing. That is amazing. Not there yet, but we're working towards a million plays. Like it blows my mind. <laughs> that is so great. And, and you know, again, I think perhaps what, what um, people don't necessarily realise is that, you know, this, this project – I'm just being your publicist here, Danny. But um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a labor, it's a labor of love, right? It's not like it's an obsession, it, I think. Yeah, <laughs> but it is because. But what has driven you to do this is is just a real passion for the industry, a passion yeah. for books. You know, there's it, it's not about sponsorship and revenue, though. These things are nice, but you do it for love, and so much of the industry is is so. Well, everyone in the industry, we are so appreciative of the platform that you've created for us to talk about what we do and about books. It's so cool. Well, thank you. But I've also used you all because I've also got all of your wisdom from your craft <laughs> and I've taken it all and I've put it in my own brain. So, you know. Oh, we, we are happy for it to be <laughs> two-way street. <laughs> it's like my own university of writing. <laughs> yeah, Although right, and... it's also available to everyone. So you can also have the university of writing for free That's in your right. brain. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Who, who needs to do a writing course? Just words and nerds all the way. Well, it was funny. I was actually weighing up back in 2017 when I started the podcast, do I go and do a master's or a doctorate in writing or do I start the podcast? And I started the podcast and no regrets, Mick. No regrets. I think you made the right choice. I think I did too. I really Don't do. have a doctorate, but I have a podcast. Well, I, th I think we can call you a, a doctor of podcasting. <laughs> Why not? A, 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 a pod professor, a pod Fessa? Prod Fessa. Oh, no, Fessa. that doesn't sound good. No, actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> but that could be a great idea for a new kid's book. I'm just going to trademark that. You heard it here yes. first. 
I'll write you illustrate. You don't want me to illustrate. <laughs> <laughs> Great ideas just coming at us all the time, Mick. So gold. Now, I've asked you this question before, but I'm going to ask you again because I think it changes over time perhaps or maybe you've just forgotten the last answer you gave me. <laughs> but why do you create? Uh, I think it's certainly in the case of um, picture books, I do it because I love the idea of creating something that's beautiful, that's joyous, that's inclusive, that's representative, that encourages a bond between parents and young kids through the joy of reading. And I certainly hope that that is what Dads and Dogs brings to the world. And um, yeah, I think, uh, and, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. It's, I can't it's, expand it's big though. Like you said, it didn't take very long to say, but it's big. And I think you know, you can't underestimate that you've just put something so beautiful and so joyous in the world. Like that's got to contribute to a better world, right? I hope so. Yeah. And there was also just that I just had the idea and I knew if I didn't try to make the idea happen, I'd probably drive everyone around me crazy. So <laughs> there's that as well. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got inspo from your own life and from your own Cavoodle who is responsible for your two broken ribs. I've had yes. a broken rib before, Mick, and the pain Horrible. is next level. Can't sit, yeah. can't stand, can't sneeze, can't no. breathe, can't eat, can't really do anything to make no. yourself feel better. No, you really can't. I mean, no. you would think with mm -mm. all the advances in medicine that no, there would be a better treatment for a broken rib than screaming and Panadol. That's it. Yeah, and just um, go home and don't yeah. lift something. Don't lift things yeah. was my advice. I'm yeah, like, don't sit, don't stand, don't, sit, don't, don't sneeze, don't go to the toilet. Oh my goodness, <laughs> shuddering at the memory. I remember someone saying, "Oh, what? Where's the relief? Like sit, standing. Yeah. I'm like nothing. No, there is, nothing. there's nothing I can do to relieve <laughs> this pain." <laughs> I can empathise. I didn't have two broken ribs, so you get twice the pain. So yeah, could have been total, worse. Total empathy. Always can be worse. I mean, well, let's not under, under, underestimate how painful a broken rib is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always so good to chat with you. I hope our next interaction is um, a cavoodle play date at some beautiful uh, cafe, dog-friendly cafe that sells wonderful hot chocolates. I'll be looking forward to that. Let's make this happen. <laughs> Let's make this happen. And a beautiful book, not just for Father's Day, for every day, Dads and Dogs. So thank you so much for the chat as always. Thanks for having me, Danny.